It's playoff time. And you know what that means. Big stakes and even bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Want to know the best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings' free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Voice Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 50, the 5-0, as I am joined with Jimmy Collins, kid of the morning skate. Uh, Andy, right now, he's working. The kid's been working insane hours. Uh, He's sad that he can't be here. Uh, It's a big night. The NHL Draft Lottery just went down. The Rangers didn't have the same amount of luck as they usually do, but uh, Jimmy and I are going to pretty much discuss a little bit Rangers, and then I uh, definitely want to get his take on everything that's going on in the NHL playoffs right now because it's uh, pretty pretty wild. So, Jimmy, how's it going? It's, it's going, dude. I'm glad to be here. I am really tired. I'm going to try to bring some energy if I can. I have a sick curl going. I don't know if this is a video podcast, but this right here, oh my god. It's not, but so, I can vouch uh, for it. It's That's actually all right, sick. Alright, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, thanks for having me on, Wales. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in Rangers land. A lot of stuff going on in the NHL. Um, pump the dive right Yeah, let's uh, let's let's t- start off with the Rangers, because I've been beating a dead horse with the playoff talk now that the Rangers uh, season has ended. Rangers, they get technically, what, 16, but it's really 15 because the Coyotes don't have a draft pick this season because uh, they're just a dumpster fire. Uh, pretty much exactly where we all thought it was. I think the question I need to lead off with is, do the Rangers keep the pick, or do you see them trading it? I don't, I don't think they keep the pick. Um, and listen, guys, uh, just disclaimer, I don't know anything about this year's draft. From what I've heard, I, I heard it's supposed to be decently deep. Um, but when you're drafting 15, man, it's kind of like a wild card. Like you're you're more than likely going to get an NHL player, but I think the Rangers need a little bit something more than that. There's been a whole lot of talk about how the Rangers want to shift their focus from I don't want to say less skilled, but just more people that show up when the game matters. Um, if you if you look at the Rangers when the games mattered this year, that not really too many of them showed up. So to me. I don't know. Larry Brooks kind of came out, and he and he's throwing all these names around. One name that kind of got me going a little bit was uh, Kadri out of Colorado. 
Um, you have Jack Eichel, obviously, but the the whole neck injury kind of rattles my cage a little bit. I would be shocked if they actually pick at 15. I wouldn't be pissed if they did. I'm sure they could probably find something along those lines where you could pick up a good player. But for what the Rangers are at and how they want to make the playoffs next year and all the, all these things that are kind of going on, I would be shocked if they keep it. What, what about you? Yeah, I'd be shocked if they kept it. But I'm also, again, like I'm with you, man. I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I just look at the 15th pick overall in a, this type of draft where everyone's saying that it's deep. For me, it's like that pick has more value to a team that's looking to rebuild and go a different direction than the Rangers. Like the Rangers are clearly a one step away, you know, one acquisition away from being a good competitive playoff hockey team. And I don't think the 15th pick overall is really going to make a difference. You're better off packaging that up into, I don't know, some sort of deal to bring in a player that you you desperately need because we know that the Rangers are not ready to win a Stanley Cup tomorrow. They need pieces, and yeah. and one of the pieces isn't draft draft picks, and certainly not draft capital. So I would imagine they'll depart with that pick. But again, if they kind of go against the grain a little bit and do draft like a, a center or or someone like that, I would I wouldn't really be disappointed. Now. Now, like, with that being said, I don't see the value. I don't know what you're going to get for that first-round pick straight up, like, one overall. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, the 15th overall pick, what you're going to get with that. So I would imagine they package that. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Like, there's so, many, there's so many different directions I think the Rangers could go this offseason. Where do you think Drury's going to, like, drive this bus well it's different right because i think we we talked about they want to be a playoff team next year I, this 15th overall pick i think a lot of teams that are kind of in that rebuilding kind of stage or who are already maybe in the playoffs i think maybe they either pick at 15 or they trade down a couple spots pick up a later round pick and then they're drafting in the 20 to 25 even the 30 range i don't think the rangers want to do that like that would do absolutely nothing for them right so that kind of eliminates that aspect of what you're going to do with that pick from there it's either pick 15 or you do you do package it and for me the the glaring issue for me at least is down the middle what they're going to do down there uh Zibanejad, he ended up having a better second half but there there were just some things that happened like in that capitals game where everybody was fighting and shit I know Mika Zibanejad isn't a fighter, but you would expect like okay maybe go off and score a fucking goal like do something and he was absolutely invisible in that game a lot of people probably going to give me shit for that, but I I understand it's not a playoff game, but that was probably as close to like a playoff slash like get up and go. We need to play hard type atmosphere. He was fucking invisible. So that's kind of a glaring issue for me to be completely honest. And again, nothing against him. He fucking scores a ton of goals. But for me, like when the games matter, I don't really think he's really, you know, proven to be that guy where, okay, well, the game matters put me in, you know what I mean? And, and for teams that are going to win the playoffs or teams that are going to go far in the playoffs, you need players that are going to perform when the game is tough, when you're getting hit every single fucking shift. Like, yeah, because Vanjad can score a hat trick against the fucking Flyers and the Devils all he wants, but is he going to do it against the Bruins? Is he going to do it against the Islanders? Like, I know he had a five-goal game against Capitals, which was fucking sick, but that was last year, and, like, obviously the Capitals weren't really playing all that well if they're having somebody score fucking five goals against them. Um... 
I don't know. It's dude. There's just so many question marks with the Rangers right now, and I'm so excited for the playoffs to be over to finally kind of dive in to see what is going to happen. I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So that's I, I don't know. No, and and obviously like tonight was a huge moment like for the Rangers. Like, were they going to move up in the draft? Like, where were they going to draft? I think now that they okay, okay, you know the dust is settled. We're drafting 15. What is that going to get us? So I think that's kind of what Drury was waiting for. I think that's like the next piece of his decision-making going forward from here. Right. Now, I had this conversation with Andy prior, like a few podcasts ago, because I think it's like a kind of a glaring question. And one thing that you brought up in particular was Zibanejad, his leadership, and, you know, how much that really means for the New York Rangers having such a young team and all these kids. Is like who's gonna be the next captain, and like why don't they name Zibanejad the captain if they plan on him being here long term? Like, there's there's a reason why they don't have a captain. There, any team wants one. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why there isn't one. It's not like they're doing it. Oh, we don't want a captain. Every team wants somebody to have that fucking letter and go out there and do that. There's a reason why him and Kreider don't have the C, and I know a lot of Rangers fans are so upset about that, and every time fucking Chris Kreider scores a goal, it's, oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. Every time Mika Zibanejad scores a goal, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. There is a reason why he does not have a C on his chest. Yes. 100%. And for me, I'm not in the room. I don't really know what's going on. As a fan watching the, watching games and shit like that, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. The only person that I thought fucking nutted up when shit really hit the fan was Brendan Smith, and you're not going to name Brendan Smith your captain. But if you're looking for a fucking leader – was there anybody on the Rangers roster that wanted to fight Tom Wilson? Like, Brendan Smith didn't want to fucking fight Tom Wilson, but he knew he fucking had to do it. And it's little shit like that that carries a ton. And for me, in that Capitals game, what I thought was so fucking cool was the fact that, like, everybody fought. And I think that was kind of like a, hey, Smitty, you don't have to do this by yourself. Because everybody knew that Brendan Smith was going to have to fucking do something about it. Yeah. Imagine like going to bed the night before being like, fuck, I have to fight this guy. And then you show up to the rink and they drop the puck and Phil DiGiuseppe, Colin Blackwell, and Kevin Rooney are dropping the mitts right off the go. For me, that's kind of like, okay, we're a fucking team. I'm not in this by myself. And if that was me, I would have felt way better going into what I had to do, knowing that there were other people that were fighting. Brian Strump fought Lars Eller. Potato hadn't played in fucking months and he goes out there and fights, kind of gets his ass kicked, but I don't care. It shows that heart. Yeah, and then like, what really made me mad was when Chris Kreider was like day to day with all these things, and like they kind of the people who were out they named him out, but Kreider was still day to day. Kreider became day to day against the Islanders when he needed a fucking win. Yeah. Kreider needed to be in that lineup when fucking Tom Wilson was fucking ragdolling Artemi Panarin. Where the fuck was that guy? And he he what I I don't know that that drove me fucking nuts. But there is a reason. There's a, it's not because they don't want a captain. Every team wants a captain, and there's a reason that this this group of guys have been together for how many years now? Three, four years? Yeah. And there isn't a captain. That there's a fucking reason for that. It's not because they don't want it. It's because that there's not. They don't feel that there's somebody in that locker room that is that guy. And to me, that is the biggest issue. Yeah. And if like, they if they haven't shipped if they haven't shifted or shipped their old captains like away like they have. I do think they probably would have just slapped a C on Mika and just been like, okay, we're good. Like, but the fact that they traded, you know, Callahan to Tampa, they traded McDonough to Tampa. Like, like we keep moving our captains. Like if they're like, like they're fucking fourth line players. So I think the next captain's got to be super meaningful. It's got to make sense a hundred percent to the fan base. 
I think everyone from the management organization, the coaching staff, to the to the roster, to the fan base, it needs to make sense. And there's no way 100% of management, ownership, and the fan base is behind Mika being the next captain of the New York Rangers. I don't know why Kreider would even be fucking spoken about as a captain. I wouldn't even honestly give him the A. I mean, he disappears for, like, weeks at a time. Like, he... he I. It ends. That this ends the conversation about Kreider being a captain right now. The guys that came and showed up every single night to play this yeah. year. For me, there were three of them, and they're all defensemen. Brendan Smith, whatever. He turns a puck over, but that guy fucking battles, dude. And it's kind of an endearing thing, right? Like you right. watch him, and he's like, "Oh, that guy's not perfect. He makes a mistake, but every time he does, he busts his ass to get back." I love that shit. He throws hits. He fights people that are not in his weight class, and he does the little things. Adam Fox, I don't think he put a C on him just because he turtled against Marshan. But that guy showed up every single fucking night. I put A on that guy's jersey, and the other guy who I fucking love is Ryan Lindgren. That guy yeah. is a battler. If I ever have a kid that plays hockey, I'm going to have him watch Ryan Lindgren highlights and be like, that's <laughs> what your compete level needs to be. Because right. that guy competes night in, night out. Everybody else, Panarin, maybe. Not a, not a captain, but I'd put a fucking A on that guy. But, like, the shit that Mika and, like, Kreider and, like, I don't know. Mika had a really tough start to the year, and I love Mika's advantage as a player. 200-foot center, goes both ways, but, like, Gets to hurt me, constantly. when the game mattered, the playoffs against the Hurricanes, and then you see the the uh, the fucking game against the Capitals, and and the two games that they got blown out against the Islanders, right? You need a guy to step up. He didn't step up, and to me, that sucks. And I and I under and like what I said is like I think that's the biggest glaring issue. But captains don't really grow on trees. It's not really like oh, I'm just gonna go out and trade for some cap. Like that doesn't happen yeah. really unless like the Rangers are tra- unless the Rangers are trading for their captain. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like that's not a thing that normally happens. And it's not something that you just don't do it to do it. And people right. don't understand that. Like, that's the biggest thing. Do you wait a couple years and see if Lafreniere kind of turns into that guy? Well, maybe, but I don't know. Well, that's a, that's a, a great point that I, I brought up a, on that, that podcast when we were talking about the captain, it's like, Lafreniere does show a lot of qualities that I haven't seen from a rookie wearing a New York Ranger uniform in a long time. I mean, the way he, I know it's kind of goofy and a little childish, but he's hugging everybody. He's always like doing handshakes with people and stuff like that. And I think at the end of the year, the second half of the season, you really saw what he was able to do with a little bit more confidence. I don't know if his nerves kind of, you know, settled, but his game was just completely different. You saw a different game from Kako, which was nice. And Kako I don't. Kako had a great year. People who were chirping Kako, the points not a, may Dude. not have been there. He's an NHL player now. Oh, and yeah. like, he, he got so much faster from his first year. He dominates the corners. I fucking love watching that yes. kid in the corner. He, he, like, he gets a puck and it's like, good luck in from him. He's either going to fucking win it this way, this way, or he's going to swing it to the point. I, I think the finish from him will, will come, pun intended. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, when it comes to captaincy, like, we don't have a Jamie Ben. He was like, one of the best. He's one of the best but, defensive forwards analytically in the entire NHL. So, hate like, analytics, but I get it. But, I mean, his weakest point of his game was supposed to be his defensive play, and he actually turns out to be one of the better ones. In the, I mean, the amount of turnovers, because he's always in the right spot. He's always knocking down pucks and intercepting passes. He's a turnover machine. And, like you said, if he figures out his offensive game, Forget about it. He's going to be not only you know one of the best players on our on our our team. He's going to be one of the best players in the league. 
and yeah, you know, and also, dude, we're the New York Rangers. We're not, we're not the Florida Panthers. We're, yeah. we're just gonna like not. Well, who was the captain before Barkov? It's like weird. It's like Derek McKenzie. Like we're <laughs> like they're not they're not gonna fucking name somebody. Like, no, not gonna no, name Tom no. Blackwell captain. You know what I mean? And it's just something you gotta be patient. Hopefully, one of these fucking days we get somebody who comes up and he's like, "Hey, this is my fucking team. Whoever wants to jump on board, let's go." I would love for that to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. Right, and you know, I just you know the Rangers desperately need a leader and you see what happens when you don't have hank in the locker room because at the end of the day although he wasn't wearing a c everyone knew it was henrik lundquist's team. team like it was his yeah. team like regardless of what letter you were wearing you know even when mcdonough was around we all knew that hank still ran the locker room like right. you know, you know, mcdonough just represented the conversation at, with the refs and that's pretty much it but uh you know looking at this offseason i think there's going to be definitely some bigger changes. I am also, the one last thing I want to talk about Mika is, you know, for as good as Mika is, right, and I appreciate all the goals that he scores, and if you told me that we're locking him up long term, I'd be more excited than disappointed, although I do have questions with him, but his contract ends after next year, and there's not even, like, rumblings or talking of an extension, and for a guy that, like, people are that have penciled to be the captain of the Rangers, don't you find that a little odd that there's not even, like, a rumor that he's going to get extended? Like, he's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. Well, that's what the the Rangers have to be smart there. Like, was the first half really COVID? Like, nobody knows, dude. Like, I'm sure Mika probably kind of thinks it, but, like, he probably doesn't even really know. So... For the Rangers, you can't just fucking extend him just because he had a six second half of the year. What happens next year if he comes back and he does he does the same fucking thing? Right, you right. Know, you, can't, you can't just fucking. If anything, it works out for the Rangers because if you do want to extend him, hopefully that contract's not that fucking big now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know there are guys on this roster that you have to look at because. Oh, Truba! Everybody wants Truba to be a captain. Fuck oh yeah, no, 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 no. He's captain. another. He's a crier. They have the where they just they'll play great oh, for three 100%. games and then ten games they take off. But you can't show up for thirty percent of the, the games. I'm sorry, that yeah, that's not. The a- Patrice Bergeron show up for thirty percent of the games. Is Jamie Ben show up for thirty percent of the games? Is Shea Weber show up? To th- no. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. That's simple, easy. I'll tell you. No. And then and then all right. So going from there, and it's like. Okay, do we wait for Lafreniere? Do we wait for Akako? Do we bring in someone like a Thornton who you're not obviously not going to just throw a C on, but everyone would be like, well, that's the leader in the locker room. Like, he's one of the most respected guys around the league. Could the Rangers bring in a player like that? I don't... They need somebody like that. They need somebody like that? They need somebody like that. Again, don't put a C on him. But even a Nick Felino. Nick Felino addresses so many fucking needs that the Rangers need right now. If you can sign him to an okay contract, that guy's going to bring you grit. He's going to bring you defense. He's going to be a captain for the Blue Jackets for how many years? I know he didn't really tear it up with the Leafs. I think partly had to do with the fact that, like, I, it's kind of like the Eric Stahl when Eric Stahl went to the Rangers. <clears throat> just, like, kind of put in a different spot than what he was on a team previously. Right. But you need, you need people in the locker room who have been there and done that and – if you look at the Rangers, was there anybody on the team this year that had been there and done that? No. And, like, I even said many times, like, I know, like, it's a kind of like a joke, but I, I really do think that it w- probably would have benefited them long term if you brought in Brian Boyle to play on the fourth line center 
and just have him in a locker room. What? 100%. I hope they bring him back this year. Or, he, he has the Brown Boy will come back tour going on right now. Or even I, Derek Stepan. I know, like, you know, he's, they're not the greatest players in the league, but they played in New York. <laughs> They've had success here. They can teach these kids what it means to not just be an NHL player, but an NHL player in the New York media and playing for the New York fucking Rangers. Like, <laughs> there's, there's so much pressure, and I don't want to, like, sit here and bash me because this is a New York Rangers <laughs> podcast, but, like, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. Like, he seems like he's going to run off to Sweden and go DJ. Like, I want, like, I want guys that are going to show up in suit and tie and treat this more like a business and, like, kind of teach these kids and, and, and put them under their wing and not just not be a friend, but be like, no, this he's is. He's a great assistant captain. Yeah. He's, a, he's everything that you want out of an assistant captain. But, dude, even looking back when Boyle was on the team, that fourth line was Boyle, Dorset, and Dominic Moore. When is the last time the Rangers had an identity on their fourth line? It has probably sent them. Yeah, probably sent And, like, there's so many people that, oh, we need skill, we need young kids, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That fourth line was nails as fuck, dude. They forechecked, they never got scored on, and they would mix shit up. They were an energy line. We didn't have that. And, like, I thought Kevin Rooney played really well this year yeah. for, for the contract that he was under. I would bring him back 100%. But, like, that fourth line, they, you look at the Islanders, you look at the, the, the fucking Bruins, you look at the, the Knights, like... They have fourth lines that aren't young fucking kids. These older veterans who have been there and done that will bang bodies, do the fucking gritty things that p- players like Mika Zibanejad or Tadmi Panarin don't want to do. And that's what you need on your team. You need that. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 dun. And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat <laughs> on. I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. And then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, and, you know, you look at, like, who we have, right? We have enough of these, like, skilled, softer guys, especially down the middle. Like, all right, we have Zibanejad, right? If that's going to be your 1C, right, or 2C, however you want to look at and you want and you want to keep, like, a Ryan Strom, your aunt, you have to be like, you have to have a three C and a four C that's going to be tough as nails, physical, like guys that are going to like excel and like find their game in the playoffs. 
You could say what you want about Brian Boyle. His regular season with the New York Rangers was not always the best, but when it came playoff time, he was always one of our better forwards. And it was because yeah, he wasn't wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to play the playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. He brought all those fucking things that the Rangers don't have. And like other centers around the league, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't like him because of the whole I fell out of love with hockey and I get traded to the Blues and now I'm the factor. But like that, well, that guy, statement does seem good. that does seem more okay now <laughs> this year I think than ever. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but even like Jack Eichel, I know Jack Eichel's super skilled, but with the neck injury, you don't know what you're getting there, and he's never played in the playoffs, dude. Yeah. Like, how no. do you know that he's not going to disappear? And and the, my biggest worry, and let me know if you agree with this, is I don't want the New York Rangers to turn into the Calgary Flames where they have great regular right. seasons and they th- seem like they have all the pieces, but once they make the playoffs, they, they just crumble because they don't have, you know, they're not built for the playoffs. Like, listen, the regular season, I don't care if the Rangers come in 6th, 7th, or 8th, or, or now, I guess, nowadays it's the, the wild card. I don't care about that. Like, you, you're gonna, it's a gauntlet no matter who you're playing, and the Rangers got to be built to win playoff games. And yeah. it's a different Look at the style. What's that? Look at the fucking league. Look yeah. At the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Uh, again, Montreal was able to throw out four lines. They were able to play physical, and they just grind and grind, just grind it out. And you know, if you know, I've, we haven't even spoken about coaching. I think coaching has a lot to do with that. Like there, there's definitely certain coaches that aren't afraid to you know, switch up game plans and and say, well you got to play with more energy. That's what we're lacking. It's like, no, energy is just, it's just a word to describe the system that you're doing. Like, you can play different styles with energy. Rangers never changed it up, never with Quinn. So what, what's your take on the whole Quinn situation and the outlook of the Rangers coaching going forward? I fell out of love with Quinn super early uh, <laughs> this year. Um, I think looking at him, He's a perfect New York Rangers coach. Pretty boy, sick haircut, looks good in the suit. Kind of reminds you of like Henrik Lundqvist behind the bench. Would make sense. Um, but for, from all the reports that I've seen, he was like too much on we need to do with the team that they have. Right? They have so many like these young forwards that score goals. Like they're talented. They do all these things. And I understand that you want to get these young kids to kind of do the little things that people don't want to do. But when you handcuff them so bad to a point where, like, I mean, Kappa was interviewed, and he's like, yeah, I thought if I'd make a mistake, I wouldn't play anymore. Your second overall pick should be fucking saying that, dude. No. Your second overall pick should have been on the fucking power play all year. Yeah. Your first overall pick should have been on the power play all year. Like, in what world were we living in this year where everybody thought that that was okay? And for me, I'm probably going to get shit for this. And this would never happen. I would bring in Tortorella for one year. I would have Tortorella strike the fear of God in these kids, teach them how to play defense, understand. Because, like, I think what Quinn tried to do was kind of like Torts. He's just less of an asshole. I would bring Torts in for one year, fire him, and then bring in, like, a drag Gallant or somebody along those lines, more of a player-friendly coach, where it's like, okay, now you guys know how to play defense? Go out and fucking play hockey, dude. Go have fun. And I think that was the biggest thing. I don't think the Rangers had fun playing hockey this year. They, they never really looked like they were. But I'm pumped to see Lafreniere, Capo, Julian Goch. Okay, maybe get a chance now and let these kids tell them instead of all these little things, just go fucking play hockey, dude. Just yeah. go play hockey. You're not, you're not a fucking third or fourth round pick where I need to be fucking babysitting you every two seconds. Like go fucking play hockey, Put that puck, put it in the back of the net. 
Dude, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I, I think Andy's probably going to be listening to this podcast and being like, Jesus, are you guys just ripping on the Rangers the entire time? But, you know, it's disappointing because you saw what the Rangers were capable of doing at times, and they just always kind of fell short. And Always got outcoached. Yeah, always. always. I mean, look at the, at the Islanders. They did not change a single thing mid-game. You need to change the style of which you're playing if you're only generating four, five shots a period. It's obviously not working. That's unacceptable. That's a well-coached team, dude. That is a very well-coached team, and that's why Barry Trotz is fucking awesome, dude. Right. Like, they, they were out-coached every time. And it, and that's, dude, I, and I, I get what you're saying, that we're just kind of ripping on them. And I think that we're allowed to rip on them because they almost made the playoffs playing for a guy that didn't really let them play hockey. Now, can I, you imagine if they were allowed to play hockey? Right. And listen, I, I don't know about Tortorella, but I am all for bringing in an NHL coach. I don't want an experiment. I don't want to bring in Tockett from Arizona, who has never done really anything in the NHL in terms of coaching. I want a guy that's been around, been behind the bench and been behind the bench on very good teams. Like, it's a no-brainer. Like, Gallant is the guy. And... I know people question why doesn't he last too long with these, you know, uh, with these teams, and he only goes like two, three years with them. I understand that, but what are your other choices right now? Like, it's not like we don't have trots available. It's not like you have, you know, lava. Yeah, dude. Go ahead. Is that and like you're telling me all these other coaches don't have fucking like glaring things? It's not like just Gerard Gallant. Has Elaine Vigneault ever won a Stanley Cup? <laughs> and that guy's got pretty much every time he fucking wants one. Yeah, like, exactly. Every coach, every coach is going to come with issues, and yeah, that does kind of rattle me a little bit. That he just <clears throat> the Florida Panthers left him at a bus stop, and Vegas got rid of him for their rivals coach. Like that kind of sucks. But like, dude, what he did with Vegas with a bunch of fucking people that they didn't think were going to sniff the playoffs, a bunch of the, the misfits, right? That's what they called them. And he was able to fucking put in a system where they were fast as shit and they were super hard to play against, and they had fun fucking playing hockey. Like, I'm hoping that's kind of what the Rangers are going to end up bringing. You need to add a couple, I think, more hard pieces because that Wilson thing, I, I fucking hate it. I wish the NHL kind of stepped in. But at the end of the day, if the Rangers had a team that would have fucking not allowed that to happen, it wouldn't have happened. Like, that's just, it's a fact. So, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be, again, I just can't wait to see what fucking happens. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you listened to, uh, this is probably two podcasts ago for us. Um, we spoke about the Wilson thing. I had a little actually inside information on that and kind of why everything went down as crazy as it did. Uh, just to kind of be brief and sum it up, because I'm sure the people listening to this listen to that one as well. Uh, basically, the NHL was ready to hand Wilson a 25-game suspension. 25 games. Because it was his uh, second offense during the year, and um, they were just... They're ready just to throw the book at him. And apparently, Paros was like, I'm not doing that to a player, and jumped the gun and just came out saying that the NHL is only going to give him a $5,000 fine. Now, the NHL was going to go after Paros, and the uh, Dolan stepped in and attacked and called for his job. Then it was switched to the NHL, what then had to go back and kind of defend you know, their, you know, Department of Player Safety, and it kind of backfired on the Rangers. So it became a whole shit show. And then also, 
uh, Gorton and JD didn't want their names associated with that letter. And Dolan was like, well, if you're not going to get behind it, you're done here. And, and basically let them go. And that, that's basically how the situation went down. The, so the source of this is, uh, do you know, uh, I don't want to say names on the podcast, but my buddy, who you may or may not know, he, his buddy played golf with the, one of the executives at, um, for NHL Network. Oh, wow. And he told him that on the golf course. And then two text messages later ends up on my phone. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's, I love that. It's, it's wow. Yeah, they're screenshots, so I know it's either the guy's lying or that really went <laughs> down. And it kind of makes sense, like, and, and, you know, we haven't really spoken about it, but, like, the whole idea of, you know, Gorton leaving and JD leaving, and, you know, we've spoken about it in, you know, the New York Ranger chats and stuff like that, but, you know, with all that crazy shit happening, it kind of all makes sense, like, and I'm not, like, I'm not even, like... Matt, like, what are your thoughts on it when it happened? And, like, you know, just, the, you know, quickly talk about that. Thomas JD, he just, yeah. he's kind of like the grandpa. It's kind of like, okay, he's here, I feel safe kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, Gordon, I think he did a pretty all right job for what he had. I think there he did have some big misses, whether it be Leah Sanderson, Tony D'Angelo. Uh, there are a lot of things that have happened there. He kind of lucked into the first and second overall pick. He was able to turn around really quick, but for all intents and purposes, everybody thinks Chris Jury's going to be awesome. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Well, <laughs> it, again, another wild card. Yeah, no, dude, I definitely agree with you. And just looking at <clears throat> what the, I, I don't think I wouldn't have fired JD. That's why I also believe that that whole situation is true because. You don't fire JD or Gorton two or three games before the end of the season. Like you wait till the off season to do that, and you don't fire JD. Like he's the president. He's not really. I know he's in you know the war room when they're drafting stuff like that, but I I don't think that's a you know JD just got here, so kind of kind of odd. But with all the shit that went down with the New York Rangers, with you know losing control of the locker room, not having leaders in the locker room. Not having a coach that really, I don't think he was 100% fully respected. And there's so many reports now that, like, a lot of the players, there was a disconnect between them and Quinn. Which, also, maybe that's a reason why Mika was off to a slow start. Bro, do you think if they had a capable captain, that Tony D'Angelo thing would have happened? Do you think if Patrice Bergeron was on the New York Rangers, any of that Tony D'Angelo shit would have happened? Absolutely fucking not. No. Patrice would have been like, hey, Tony, I understand you want a podcast, but shut that shit down. It's regular season. We got to fucking go to work, dude. Right. Like, it would have been super easy, and you respect him. You say, yes, Mr. Bergeron, I will do that. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris Kreider's going to walk up to you. Chris Kreider's going to walk up to you after he's done playing the piano, and fucking Mika comes up to you after fucking updating his SoundCloud account. You're telling me Tony D'Angelo's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to listen to you guys. <laughs> right or or at least having a coach like david quinn was like a rookie you know what i mean like and and i don't know if there's the same respect that you get from you know uh from your team if you're david quinn compared to a galan yeah. compared to a trot you think that's gonna happen under joel conville's fucking watch dude like no. good luck that's another thing they brought david quinn to develop these players that worked. The only <laughs> player that really fucking ended up being sick is Adam Fox, and I don't think that had anything to do with fucking Coach Quinn. I think that's just because Adam Fox is really, really, really good at hockey. 
Right, and then and then you look at you know the, the players. Everyone's like, well, look at Buchnevich. Look at the year that like Kako had, and it's like, right, but. Don't you think that's like a little long? Like, why is it all the other teams, their players are impactful, like within the year? Like, a few games, a few weeks? Like, why do we have to wait four seasons to get the fucking peak of our players? Like, that's not. Why, why is Kirby Doc so sick on the Chicago Blackhawks? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's. Nick Pazuki on the Canadians. Like, why are they so fucking good, but our guys aren't? Like, and which is why I'm pumped about next year. I'm hoping that these guys can just come play, but like, for a guy who was literally hired to develop young kids, and then you glue Julian Gauthier to the fucking bench, you, you have Capo Caco saying, oh, hey, I, don't, I can't do anything because I don't want to make a mistake and get benched, and then you don't play them on the fucking power plays for pretty much the whole fucking year. What? I, yeah. Dude, I have no idea. It's just a, a shit show, and I honestly... Uh, the firing of Gordon and bringing in Drury... I kind of feel comfortable with it. It's not like he's hasn't been a part of this whole process the entire time. Like, like he's had his voice. He's he's been behind the bench. He's been in the war room. He knows what this organization needs, and I and I fully trust them. And and I don't think you can really get on Drury or anybody like that since he hasn't really made a decision. The only the only thing he's done was bring in uh, Greer. Uh, for hockey, the head of hockey operations, which they, I, they well, they fired the European guy, and then okay, yeah, uh, I I have I potentially have somebody coming on the podcast. I think he's going to probably end up coming on. He was supposed to come on, and it kind of got paused because there's a lot of things going on within the New York Rangers organization right now, and he's not really capable of doing it right at this second. Which makes me think, like, buckle the fuck up because I think a whole lot of other shit's going to be coming down as soon as this regular season or playoffs are over. So we'll see. All right, well, we did a half hour. We're closing in on 35 minutes. I'm going to give you some closing thoughts. Uh, I'll let you rattle them off just about the New York Rangers, expectations for next year. You can be bashing the New York Rangers from this past year. Uh, we didn't even get into playoffs, but we'll have you on again, so it doesn't really matter. Um, go ahead. I'm going to let you go. I think they're going to be really good next year. I think they're going to have a coach that's going to let them fucking play hockey. Give me the Brian Boyle comeback tour. I think they're going to sign some pieces that are going to kind of make him a little bit hardened. Igor Shosturkin had a kind of a weird beginning of the year. Ended up being a fucking solid goalie by the end of the year. That's something to watch out for. You have Nils Lundqvist coming over. Braden Schneider just won, like, player of the year in his division in the WHL. He, he's kind of that hard-nosed, get-the-fuck-off-the-tracks kind of guy. Vitaly Kratsov, I think that kid's going to be fucking sick. So the, the pieces are there. Give them a coach that kind of let, just lets them go out and play. And they could be dangerous, dude. I think you, you need more. And it, it, people people chirp because when you say veterans, you're like, well, you have Crowder and Mika. No, you need, like, legitimate veterans in that locker room to kind of sew some things up. So uh, I think they make the playoffs next year. I do. Depending on what moves are made, I'll let you know at the beginning of the next year to kind of where we're at. But I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Yeah, no, I – Totally agree with you. I think right now, if you're a New York Rangers fan, for as much shit and the roller coaster ride that we just went on this past season, for me to feel this optimistic and this good about this team says a lot because, you know, we were borderline a dumpster fire in terms of an organization with how many problems we had within the locker room, coaching staff, management, ownership. No, we were like the, we were like the senators. Coyotes and 
the Oilers all like wrapped up into one. So many things happened. The Keandre Miller fucking Zoom conference. The yeah. the fucking fans. The fan blog who said that Tony D'Angelo stole the puck. The, uh, the car D'Angelo accident. The the, yeah, dude. Like on and on and on. <clears throat> Mika's COVID. Uh, Panarin getting ragdolled, and then yeah. you fire everybody. Like I'm just hoping that they're not in the news next year, and they just fucking go out and they fucking play the game that they're being paid to play. All it is. Yeah. No, I hear you. And uh, I guess let's end this podcast with you plugging uh, all social media. Uh, morning underscore skate. Check us out. Uh, we have uh, next week the guy Mars Blades who they they fucking have sick rollerblades. The founder of Mars Blades came on the podcast. Biz Dev talked to him. I think it was today or yesterday. He said it was fucking really good. So that's exciting. Um, we have some other interviews kind of lined up we might have a little golf tournament with yipper at some point in saratoga this year nice i actually want to go down to the long island to visit you and uh joey i've been talking to joey about maybe going down there for a weekend and getting after it so uh yeah we'll see yeah no awesome well thanks for coming on thanks for joining and uh we're definitely gonna have you back on towards the end of the playoffs to just get your take on everything but uh thank you all right bye Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.